Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Learning Unlocked podcast, presented by Open Sesame. Taking a deep dive into the global world of learning and development with practical tips and tricks, along with insights from leading brands and the people that make them work. This is Learning Unlocked. Now, here's your host, Brian Berger. My guest is Celeste Chapman. She is the Vice President of DE&I and Talent Management for Full Bloom. You can find them online at fullbloom.org. Prior to joining Full Bloom, Chapman worked for Stride at K-12 as Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Earlier in her career, she held talent acquisition and diversity roles for both for-profit and non-profit organizations, including Tyco, Allergen, Covance, Prudential, and the Urban Institute. Celeste, thanks so much for joining me on Learning Unlocked. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Brian, for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today. Yeah, I'm excited that you're here as well. Why don't you start off by telling our listeners about Full Bloom, if you would? Sure. So Full Bloom is an education company based out of Philadelphia, and we offer behavioral and social and emotional services to children and their families. It really is about helping those children receive better education outcomes so that they can succeed and, and grow and learn and become productive when they become adults. Your background is in human resources, as I noted. What are the common traits of well-run companies, in your opinion? Wow. <laughs> I would say the, 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 the thing for me, uh, having been with so many different organizations, is the leadership. I truly believe that organizations who have leadership, who are, you know, open to listening to their employee base and understanding some of the challenges and issues that employees face as an organization, those to me are the companies that have been the most successful and the ones that I've enjoyed working with um, over the years. So with that being said, leadership is key to a well-run company. What's the best way to convince senior leadership that DE&I needs to be an integral part of the company's DNA? Yeah, you know, I, I got to tell you, um, some of the challenges I faced in many of my roles is getting senior leadership to that common place, right? Not everybody has the same lived experience, life experience. But one of the things that I know for senior leadership uh, to get them there is to give them education, right? They need to be able to understand how their, the way that they guide the organization really is how you infuse these diversity 
and inclusion um, strategies into the organization. One of the other things I would say is, you know, listen, listen to your employee base. Take the pulse of your employee base. It's really, really important. Your employees will tell you if the workplace is great or not. They'll tell you if the workplace is not so great. Um, and so one of the things that I try to do as a professional is this space is to take a pulse of the organization and share that data with the leadership. That's one way that you can really evade a successful diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy. So unpack that for our listeners. How do you specifically take the pulse of the organization? Is that one-on-one -on -one conversations? Is it something else? How do you get that pulse? It's all of the above. It's it's one-on-one -on -one conversations. It's focus groups. It's listening to employee resource groups if you if you have them. It's instituting some kind of workplace culture survey. Data goes a long way in this space. Um, and what I've found is employees. Most oftentimes and not, especially if the workplace culture survey is done by a third party, will tell you the truth. They will tell you exactly what they're experiencing. And, you know, take a take a, a pulse of your the folks who are leaving and exiting the organization. That's usually a telltale sign, right, that you're doing something wrong or right. And, you know, making sure that you have leadership in the organization, that that second level leadership, really being able to understand what their role is as well. But you got to have conversations within the organization with your employees, with your, you know, middle leadership um, to really institute a plan that is going to help support the organization. Because this is a, you know, when you think about DEI, it is, it is one of those things that is not easily solved and it's not one that it's solved overnight for sure. And one of the things, pieces of advice that I'm given to you know, leadership that I've talked to is, you know, don't expect that, you know, we're going to be able to have these conversations and then tomorrow we're going to wake up and, you know, the problem is, 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 is resolved because we had this conversation, right? It's a continuum. It's an ongoing conversation um, that you constantly need to have. And, you need to be courageous enough to have the conversation, right? I've talked to some leaders that said, oh, you know, we don't want to talk about that because that might make the employees upset or that might make, you know, that might, you know, make a ripple effect. And, and then, you know, how do we deal with that? Well, you know, in order to uh, have this, the, the right foundation, you have to be courageous enough to have the conversation, right? And then from there, you know, you start to talk about all those things that could potentially make people uncomfortable. It could potentially, you know, cause a little ripple. But, I, but you know, organizations have to take a stand, you know, one way or the other. If they want to drive this kind of work, you can't be afraid to approach it. And you can't be afraid to what, you know, what the, what the feedback is when it comes back, right? Yeah, what you're saying, it sounds like, is sometimes initiating uncomfortable conversations will ultimately lead to positive change. Would that be correct? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things I've taken note of with Full Bloom is that they have a DE&I steering committee made up of 12 <laughs> Full Bloom employees from across the country. Tell us about that, because I think that's an interesting approach that companies could potentially implement having some kind of a DE&I steering committee? Yeah, and I'm glad you asked that question. Um, you know, it's funny. <laughs> We've had this conversation many times 
There are a lot of folks who think that because you hire a diversity officer, that that's the diversity officer's job is to drive this work and, and, and own this work. And that is partially true. However, the best DEI strategies that I've seen be successful are those where you engage employees. If, if something is employee-driven, it's more than likely going to be much better received by other employees. So our DEI steering committee, it, it serves much like the DEI council, if you will. You know, some of your listeners may be familiar with the term DEI council, but that's pretty much what it is. Um, and so what we did as an organization is we reached out across the organization to, you know, some of our staff members who are passionate about this work. You know, they think this this space is important. They think that making a change in the organization is important. They want to support their employee base. So they have raised their hand to help me drive this work. What would be an example of something that a steering committee has raised their hand and, and you know, mentioned in the meetings? We talk quite a bit about how do we infuse DEI into all aspects of our work, not just certain aspects, right? DEI should be a lens that we come from in everything that we do. So we talk about that. We talk about how do we raise cultural awareness? That's something really important because the makeup of, of our organization, I'm sure, is, as it is many other organizations, is made up of lots of different people, right? Some of us, you know, come from diverse communities. And so we have a lens that, you know, allows us to be able to kind of you know, understand a little bit better than some of us who have a different lived experience and haven't had those experiences, right? So we talk about how, you know, how do we elevate and make aware um, our cultural differences and, and, and our similarities as well. And so we have, uh, are in the process of creating a cultural calendar so that we celebrate and recognize certain aspects of, um, you know, of a particular group throughout the year. We're also talking about training. How do we, and, and, and you know, for my view, training is not the resolve for everything. Um, it helps, but it doesn't solve the, the problem. Um, but the training is important. And so we talk about how, you know, what kinds of, of, of programs or trainings or support can we provide to staff to get us all on the same page as it relates to DEI terminology. Not all, all organizations or staff members are in the same place when you think about that, right? And so in order for us to level set in the organization, what does diversity mean? What does equity mean? What does inclusion mean? What does microaggression mean? Not everyone understands those terms, right? And so we need to kind of create a baseline for people to help bring some understanding. And then as we start to grow our inclusion uh, strategy, what we're what we're driving becomes much more uh, real to people, and they and they have a better understanding for why we're talking about um, particular issues that that come about um, for organizations who don't embrace driving diverse teams, if you will. More of Learning Unlocked is coming up after this. Diversity, equity, and inclusion continues to be a top priority for businesses everywhere. Open Sesame has created a survey that will give you insight into where your organization stands on diversity. Aside from being educational, this survey is a powerful tool to help you understand areas of improvement and spark conversations about strategies for creating a more inclusive and equitable workplace. 
After you take the short survey, you'll get access to Open Sesame's DEI Toolkit, an online hub where you can find additional resources. Visit opensesame.com today to start your survey. Back to Learning Unlocked. Here's Brian Berger. Putting your HR hat on, because again, you have a, a great background in human resources. One of the things that I've heard a lot in the last couple of years is I'm a company and I can't find a diverse pool of candidates for job openings at my company. What are your suggestions for finding the diverse pool of candidates out there? You know, I, you can't imagine how much I appreciate that question. My, my background is very strong in the talent acquisition space. So that is a space that I love to talk about. I giggle a little bit when I hear that because the diversity is out there. It's there. You just have to know how to approach going about getting it. You need to be able to understand where the talent is. Now, I'm not suggesting that it's, you know, that it exists in every place, right? There are places in our country where it's, where there's very little to no diversity, but there are ways around that, right? Um, Definitely you want to get connected to and involved with diverse professional organizations that, that are out there because there's lots of, of talent that, that sit in those, uh, you know, particular groups, if you will. So for instance, I belong to a Black sorority. We have tons of, of educators in, in the sorority and tons of, you know, uh, talented women who are, you know, come from many different um, backgrounds, right? So knowing how to tap into those types of organizations is key to how to how and where you find diverse talent. I would I would ask or argue that organizations should create a dedicated team to focus on that because I think what happens a lot of times in organizations is you have a recruitment team who may or may not have exposure or experience to how you go about um, identifying diverse talent. But if you employ a dedicated team who understands how to um, build up a diverse pipeline, you, you're, you're, you're winning half the battle there in, in my mind. Um, you know, I also think it's important to, you know, build out your social media networks. If you put stuff out there for people, they'll, they'll come and they'll be interested. Um, in fact, in my last role, uh, I was um, driving a, a diversity uh, sourcing team. And I can tell you that the outreach that we made to various, you know, diverse professional organizations, sororities, fraternities, HBCUs is another way you can, you can go about identifying di- a diverse talent, Hispanic serving institutions, colleges that, that are densely populated um, with diversity. And we're not just talking about ethnic diversity, right? We're talking about other kinds of diversity. So I don't, I don't want folks to walk away thinking, oh, well, it's just, it's, you know, diversity just means ethnicity. It means a lot of things. It means veterans. It means individuals with disabilities. It means LGBTQ plus and others. It means all of that, right? Um, and they, these groups are out there and they want it outed. They want opportunities. And you just have to have a team who understands how to create a strategic approach to get there. And again, I think one of the key things that you've said during this conversation is this just isn't up to HR. It's not just up to the DEI executive in your organization. This is up to everybody. And this is up to it, everyone to identify this pool of diverse candidates and 
DNI has to be part of the culture of your organization. It can't just be a box that you're checking. It is abs- that is absolutely correct. I find so many times that, you know, organizations I've seen, I'm not speaking about organizations I've been a part of, <laughs> but <laughs> but the organizations I've seen who do who do and maybe they don't even not even aware that they're doing it, but do drive it as a tech check the box exercise. And that's not what it is. You have to be authentic in your approach to this because people can tell when you're not being authentic. I can tell. Um, and so you definitely, you know, want to make sure that when you engage in this space, that you're engaging everyone because it's not just my job. It's not not just the, the diversity committee's job or the executive team's job. It's everybody's job to make sure that we create a space where, you know, people can be the authentic selves. People can you know, be open and engaged. You know, we need to make sure that we are supportive of each other. The the main thing, if you think about this space, is what I tell people, if you think about how you want to be treated and you think about respect, you you know, you've achieved something because that's really what it's all about, treating everyone as as the way you would want to be treated and treated with respect. And we all have a hand in that, right? We all have a hand in making sure that we can be supportive of each other that way. Yeah, that's great, great insight and advice. Um, A few minutes left. What role should learning and development play within an organization and developing and retaining employees? Again, I know you've got that talent acquisition, HR background, and this is the Learning Unlock podcast. So I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about that. Yeah, you know, the talent management piece is really critical. Um, one of the things that I that I found in my in my career and over the time that I've worked in this space is companies tend to put a lot of emphasis on the recruitment piece, but not enough emphasis on the retention piece. Hmm. And those things it's it's like a cycle, right? They all go hand in hand. If you don't if you're only focusing on the recruiting piece, and then you bring, you know, diverse individuals into a climate where they don't feel supported or welcomed. And that, that's the, you know, partly the L and D piece as well. Then they go right back out of the door. Right. And that's not that's not what you want. What you want is to to create a, 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 an opportunities for people, have them come into the organization, be trained, be supported, be mentored. Um, have an opportunity to, to um, experience employee mobility, then that will in turn create this environment of, you know, um, support and and safety and and you know, um, I I you know I'm here and I have an opportunity to progress in this organization. You'll find that that is how you can then go out and recruit. Right? You can talk about how great your workplace culture is. Um, but to your question, in, in L and D, they play a critical role. They're, they're in partnership with with me um, most of the time in this role to talk about how we can build, you know, a, a, an employee mobility framework. You know, how can we create um, opportunities for our management to be better managers? Because most times people leave not because of the work environment, but because the the manager isn't a good manager. And so, what are we doing to educate them about? Uh, lots of different things. How how do we educate them about building 
diverse teams, right, and, and supporting diverse teams. And you can only do that, um, or well, I would say only do that, but a, a part of how you do that is by engaging your L&D team to help support you in that. More of Learning Unlocked is coming up after this. Open Sesame helps companies develop the world's most productive and admired workforces. How? By having the most comprehensive catalog of e-learning courses from the world's top publishers, publishers like TED and Harvard, and having courses that cover learning topics like diversity, equity, and inclusion, leadership development, safety and compliance, and wellness. Try a course for free today by visiting opensesame.com backslash course of the week. Back to Learning Unlocked. Here's Brian Berger. One of the other strategies that I've heard from our guests recently on this podcast, and and just as I'm out and about talking to people now, onboarding employees as they return to the office. Everyone's been away for the last year, year and a half. Things have changed in our world drastically. Some people are working in person now. Some people are working remotely. There's a lot of hybrid meetings. What do you think about onboarding employees again, as if they were almost new employees to welcome them back to this new normal? Wow. (laughs) That is a really um, thought-provoking question. You know, I I don't even know if um, I have a true answer to that. Like, we're all still at home. But it definitely crossed my mind about how do we, you know, go from this, you know, environment where everyone has been home and everyone has been somewhat isolated, right? In a lot of ways, you get back with people. You forget how to, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to say be respectful, but just, you know, it, we, we've all been working in this in this environment where we have not been um, in each other's space. Right. And so we have to go go back and be in each other's space at some point. And how do we effectively do that? Um, you know, again, that would require some conversation with um, the HR team to figure out what things we can do to build employee. Engagement. I'm a huge employee engagement person. I love to do things that give employees the opportunity to, you know, share their voice, uh, share their thoughts and opinions, um, give them some, something exciting to, to look forward to rather than the work, right? Because we spend a lot of time at work. We spend eight to 10 hours a day, maybe, um, working. Um, and so, you know, why can't we think about taking the time, you know, 30 minutes uh, as we're thinking about uh, re-engaging in the office to give employees something exciting to think about and look forward to. So I, I appreciate the question because that makes me think now. <laughs> <laughs> what do we need to do? What is this going to look like, right? Yeah, I think that's a challenge that uh, that a lot of companies are going to have um, in, this, in, in this, what we're calling the, the new normal. Yeah, it, it is, you know, I'm, I'm going to be looking to see you know, what's out there in terms of research and, and what some of my colleagues um, are doing. Some some colleagues who have already opened their offices, you know, how did you do it and, and how did employees receive it and what was the experience like? What's the best way to engage employees? Is it email? Is it intranet? Is it Zoom? Is it in person? Is it all of the above? What have you found over the years is the best way to engage your employees? Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's all all of the above. I do think it's a it's a fine balance though. I know employees are inundated with email because that's all we really have now aside from Zoom. 
There are employees who are zoomed out. I'm definitely someone who is zoomed out. (laughs) I think we all are at this point. We all are zoomed out. And so I think, I think, you know, it, it is a fine balance, you know, you know, we can, you know, figure out a way to manage email and, but make it, make it interesting. Um, we can figure out a way to, to, you know, engage on zoom, but make it, uh, you know, not so lengthy. I can't imagine how many organizations are using zoom platform and you're, we're sitting in these hour and a half meetings. It's exhausting. Right. And then your friends want to zoom at night because they haven't seen you in a month. Right. (laughs) So, so, uh, I do think it's a fine balance. And I do think that, you know, from a, from an engagement perspective, you know, when we come to, into the office, we don't know what that's going to look like, right? We don't know if it's, you know, masked in the office, unmasked in the office. It depends on if you're vaccinated, not vaccinated. There's so many variables to that. You know, that's definitely a, a um, you know, something thoughtful on my plate that I want to I want to be able to look at as well in terms of employee engagement. But definitely... There are, from what I see, there are organizations out there that are trying to do, you know, some pretty cool things. In fact, um, I know we had a meeting uh, when I first joined this organization where we had a comedy show. It was pretty interesting. Uh, so people are becoming very creative with how they engage employees just to kind of, you know, shift the dynamic from just, a, you know, a straight, you know, Zoom talking at you conversation to, you know, kind of any little, you know, uh, em- employee break in there to kind of, you know, shake up the monotony a little bit. Celeste, we'll end with this. Are there organizations out there right now, big or small, that you see that you've paid attention to that are doing a good job with diversity, equity, and inclusion? Are there models out there that we can pay attention to? Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are quite a few <laughs> from what I've seen. I would say my favorite one right now is not to single out a particular organization, but one that I see really doing some amazing things um, that I follow consistently is Merck. There is uh, a DEI leader by the name of Celeste Warren. I hope she doesn't mind me sharing her name on this on this uh, podcast with your viewers, but I just watch her and I watch. Uh, the activity and the, 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 you know, the engagement that that organization has around this work. Um, you know, it, it has been interesting to see, even in the pandemic, how they've been able to manage, you know, continuing their journey, continuing their conversations. You know, I see the social media posts on LinkedIn and I enjoy reading them. Um, so I really admire that organization, not to mention the fact I'm from New Jersey. Okay. <laughs> All right. So definitely, a, you know, a, you know, a, a, a New Jersey staple, if you will. Um, you know, I also having come from the pharmaceutical space, but it's definitely a company that I admire. And, and, I, and I watch Mercedes Benz is another one that I've, I've been having my eye on in terms of, of you know, the activity and, and things that they're doing. Um, and most recently, our organization has joined the CEO Action. If there are organizations out there really looking to um, be in an engaging space where there are lots of companies um, trying to embrace and do this work, I would encourage them to join the CEO Action. It, it is a, a you know shameless plug, but it is a an organization that was built to help CEOs, CHROs, and CDOs like myself 
um, not just, you know, from a, from a research and, a, a, you know, information perspective, but from an inspirational perspective, because this work can be pretty exhausting. And if you're not careful, um, you know, it, 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 you, you can have burnout. And so I find being engaged with them allows me to have access to the things that I need to, to be um, an effective thought leader without you know, having to dig myself. Um, sometimes it's, you know, it can, you can go for one thing and then kind of go down a rabbit hole, but it's definitely an organization out there that, that is, you know, trying to help support uh, the folks who um, own this work and inspire us to inspire our employees, inspire our leadership, inspire our, the way that we, we approach um, the way that we're, uh, viewing diversity, equity, inclusion, and yeah, everybody should go check them out. And it's called CEO Action? Mm-hmm. CEOaction.org, I believe, is the website. Great. Celeste Chapman, Vice President of DEI and Talent Management for Full Bloom. Find more about them at fullbloom.org. Celeste, I really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks so much for joining me on the Learning Unlock podcast. I did too, Brian. Thanks a bunch. Thanks for listening to Learning Unlocked, presented by Open Sesame. Download this and every episode on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learning Unlocked is produced by Griggs Productions.